Pokémon. Everyone's like, no. I'm like, oh shit. You're like, did like, I today? just make that up because I wanted it to happen? Yeah, I'm like, today is the day that like I realize I'm hallucinating shit. <laughs> Half true. the time I make shit up. Very true. I do. Okay. Should we start somehow? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? We are your summer slutty hosts. I'm Channa. And I'm Corey. And welcome, y'all. It's episode 40. Woot. What is up? Um, and we're actually recording during the day. We're recording during the day. It's 1.48 p.m. We have like five things we need to record yeah, today. Yeah, we're awake. We're doing this. We're doing this. And we have uh, Tyler's housewarming party tonight. So yes. we have a lot going on today. I'm currently wearing Frankenfurter makeup because I'm practicing it for Corey yes, tomorrow. Yes, I tried on my corset. Y'all saw. He did. Or um, Channa's corset. So first announcement, because I haven't done announcements in a while. Yes. We have a Patreon. Most of you guys already know <laughs> this. New people don't. Or if you've never heard of it before, hello, we have a Patreon. So just go on like patreon.com slash A-H-Y-S-L podcast, right? Or is it No, if you just search anyways, how's your sex life? And then put Patreon at the end or before that, Google will take it right to you. Like it'll be like, oh yeah, this is what you mean. Is it just like our portal on patreon.com? Yeah, it's, it's patreon.com slash A-H-Y-S-L podcast. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So you can go there. We have three tiers. We have a bunch of shit for y'all. So definitely you have to be 18 or older to view it because the content Very is rated true. Uh, NC-17. So go ahead and check it out. And if you can't check out or if you don't want to be a patron and you don't want to give us money, that's fine. Then what you can do for us instead is you can go on iTunes and uh, rate us five stars, please. Or give us a review. Or Reviews give us a review. a lot more. A double whammy. But we want more ratings on iTunes because we were getting... A bunch for a while, and it all just kind of stopped. Yeah. So please help Y'all help some homies stopped. out. Because the more you guys uh, rate us on iTunes, the more people will get a chance to listen to our podcast, and mm-hmm. the more we get to put our genitalia out there for y'all. Yeah. So rate us, Patreon, follow us on Instagram. Our Instagrams, mm-hmm. anyways, has their sex life. Facebook and Twitter is AHYSL Podcast. And our website is AHYSLpodcast.com. Boom. Awesome. That was my announcement. I also have a side podcast now. It's called Fuck Your Mom. Okay. Fuck Your Mom. Fuck your mom. Oh, shout out. I only have one shout out because I haven't done shout outs in a lifetime. Ooh, yeah. Shout out to Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. We met through this podcast. She is friends with Hiram and she started following her podcast and she was like, oh my God, I love you guys. Like I go to all the places you guys go to. Let's be friends. And then I met her at Hiram's art show and I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Like meeting someone through like our podcast yeah and now she just joined our company so she is yeah. going to be working with us Which now will not be named so it's super f- fucking fun yeah so shout out to you savannah shout Hello. out to savannah okay so let's jump into my fact fact yeah faggoty fat affogato fact my affogato fact today um okay so i have a an addendum to the whole birdo thing that i was going off of um last last, week. last week's uh podcast i'm gonna do um i need to dive a little bit more into it 
Um, so I might just do my next podcast. My next fact of fact is just going to be about this, but there is a little bit more of the story, actually significant more amount of the story to Birdo okay. and how they dealt with it and where she is now. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to, there might be like some corrections to what I said too. Um, because I was just like looking it over again and I was like, huh, this seems like there's a lot, a lot more to the story. And then I looked it up and there, there is. So okay. I might do a whole, maybe just like a bonus little fag effect. I don't know. Who knows? We'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but just stay tuned for that. So, okay. Now we're getting into my like real fag effect for the day. I forgot. The fact. real faggot. <clears throat> the real gay shit. Real gay shit. Uh, it is uh, about Willem uh, Arondeus. And I looked that up. Um, and a Dutch guy who does uh, gay history tours, gay LGBT uh, history tours of Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. He said Willem Arondeus. So that's Arondeus. how you're supposed to say it. Okay. Willem. So. All I can hear when you say Willem is, that boy is a bottom, <laughs> bottom. Yes. Yeah, so this guy, Willem Arondeus, he was born in, uh, no, no, I'm gonna, uh, uh, he was born in, Actually, I didn't look it up. It's fine. Um, <laughs> he was born. He was, he was there. A, he was a writer or he was a, an artist and then author in the 1920s. But then he lived long enough to sing That Boy is a Bottom. Are you serious? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he died. I was like, whoa. He like, He's like 100 years old. <laughs> no, he dies. He's executed by the Nazi. Oh. The Nazi party or the Nazi regime, whatever you want to say. Damn. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me a 100-year-old out there is singing That Boy's Bottom right now. Oh, my God. And that would like, be awesome. I was like, show me the YouTube video. He comes I'm... back from life. We do a seance. Yeah. I might do a seance. <laughs> I want to, to go on the Ouija board and the Ouija board is spelled that boy is a bottom. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what. Yeah. Oh my god. If, if we're ever spirits, I'm just doing gay shit like that. The yes. We're gonna like, be like, "What's your name?" I'm like, Brittany Spears. I'm gonna write Zozo. <laughs> just fuck with people. I'm like Zozo, 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 Zozo. Okay. Um. So we are dealing with the Nazi party. So guess what else we're also dealing with? Some some more looped waffle. What? Our looped waffle. Our looped. Remember the because it's like the looped waffle. Oh like yeah! Like Lufthansa. That's their, <laughs> <laughs> so we're dealing with Luftwaffe again. Flashback a little Friday. bit. Barely, but we are dealing. And we're dealing with blitzes, which I still don't know what blitzes are. But I think that's when you drop a ton of bombs on a city. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know. We're back. <laughs> again, we're not historians uh, yet. Yet. Give, Give us, us five three episodes. weeks. We will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Willem uh, Johan uh, Cornelius Arondeus, probably say it like that maybe, was born in Narden and was the youngest son of an Amsterdam fuel trader. He started working as an illustrator, designer of posters and tapestries and a painter. Um, in 1923, he was commissioned to paint a large mural of Rotterdam City Hall. Rotterdam is in the Netherlands. It is uh, the rival city to Amsterdam. And it's mm. also the biggest port in Europe. Mm. That's what Wiki told me. So. We trust. Could be wrong. Could not be as well. It's like so fucking wrong. Yeah. It's It's like the most wrong thing we've said on this podcast. Yeah. Someone out there is like, fuck you. Unfollows us. Right. (laughs) Um, So that is what he's most known for is painting a large mural. So I literally went on like a 20 minute trying to search all different, you know, like Rotter, uh, Rotterdam City Hall mural uh, of Willem Arondeus. Like, you know, you know how you like mix and match words to get the best search result. I yeah. literally did that for about 10 minutes, like mm. seriously 10 minutes and like did image search searches. I do know that the city hall survived the blitz uh, from the Luftwaffe. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a porn we're thing. like offending so many people but again it's the nazi air force so again who gives a fuck <laughs> but like 
you should blitz my loot waffle. <laughs> Sounds like the most I pornographic. I just picture thing. waffles with airplane wings. <laughs> I just, but blitz, yeah, everyone blitz Chenna's loot waffle. Yeah, blitz my loot waffle. <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah, that's fuck, sick. Fuck blue waffles. Let's <laughs> blitz <laughs> waffles. If you don't know what blue waffles are and you, you are above 17, go look it up. Yeah. If you don't know what blue waffle is, you are too young. Yeah, right? Get out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a MySpace. You didn't experience what we experienced. <laughs> Oh my God! Remember, Tyler didn't know what a blue waffle was. Was it Tyler or Chris or Bakes? One of the three. My guess is Tyler. No, but I think. <sighs> well, Tyler was. But a Tyler like though. really knows a lot of internet culture things like that. So it might be. Chris. One of them didn't know what a blue waffle was, and I was like, "Go look it up without me." I'm like, "Go look it up <laughs> with me." Let's. I want to go get horrified again. <laughs> oh my God. Um. So again, I looked up the city hall survived the blitz of uh of the Luftwaffe. Um, and that happened, I forget when that happened exactly. I think it was like 1940 some, the 40 or something like but that. But it happened. I forget. I think it was 1940. Um, but again, it doesn't show up on my Google search. I can't even find an image of that mural. You can get a good amount of his pictures mm. or of his paintings, uh, but not a ton at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in 1935, he switched to writing. Uh, he made two novels, um, that he also illustrated and he published them and they were actually pretty successful. His most successful one was a biography of a p- p- painter and political activist called Mathis Maris. Oh my God. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Whoever knows that person. One real of name. those. I'm sorry. Um, okay. When then the Nazi, or so the Nazi Germ- Germany invaded the Netherlands in 1940, Ar- Arondeus, uh, he was basically the first to join the resistance, uh, mm. one the resistance in the Netherlands. So he and his le- lesbian uh, cellist friend, Fierda, uh, Frida uh, Belafonte, uh, Frida Belafonte, that's such a fucking awesome name. That is. I love that name. Frida Belafonte. Like if I'm a girl character in a video game, that's my next girl character video game name. Yeah, and she's like a lesbian cello player. Yeah. She's probably the coolest person that exists. And she's like in the first part of the Nazi resistance. That's crazy. This is uh, this is a fucking movie. Yeah, I, actually, yeah. Actually, the entire time I was writing this, I was like, I should turn this into a fucking drama. You should. Yeah. It'd just be like this like awesome badass teen like, you know, gay man and uh and then gay woman just yeah. like fucking I wanna killing be, Nazis. I wanna be Frida in your movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make me the lesbian cello player. Frida Belafonte. I um, wish my last name was Belafonte. Yeah, really jo- cool. Jones is so fucking boring. Yeah, right. Jones. Yeah. Martin. <laughs> Not God. Belafonte. Martin Martin. <laughs> I was never called that. I was just called Are You Gay? <laughs> are, are you gay? <laughs> I'm like, what? Kenna, you're a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like ah. what's gay? <laughs> what's gay? You're like, I like pussy. <laughs> you're like, I love wobbly 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 wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also I did overlook when he grew up, he was thrown out of his house at a very young age because he, he knew he was gay and said that he was gay and like all throughout his life was like, I'm gay and would never hide it. Good for him. Like literally he grew up and just like from an early age, like teenage years was like, like, I am a homosexual would tell people that wouldn't deny it. So his, his dad threw him out of the house. Wow. Yeah. He's brave. Yeah. So, um, uh, they, so him and Frida Belafonte, um, I wish that was my name. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they they basically joined this organization that forged documents for Dutch Jews so that they could hide from the Nazis yes. um, because basically they did this at the time that the Dutch people in the Netherlands were still like it was early like you know like sort of like right what's going on now where it's just like oh fuck these people for who they are we need to document who the Jews are so other Dutch people who weren't Jewish are, are just like hey just go along with it mm. you know we've been occupied by the Nazis just go along with it and they're like no like this is wrong this is prejudice we're not going along with it 
So fuck yeah. Yes. They started to forge these documents and it worked for a while. However, the Nazis soon began comparing personal documents that these, even the, the forged ones that these people had to public Dutch records. And they would be like, no, this is forged. You're going to, or you're going to this to jail or concentration camp or whatever they were doing at this time in this early period. I think by this time they were doing concentration camps. Ugh. I don't know. Cause again, not historian. So on March 29th of 1943 in retaliation to this act, Arundeus led the charge in bombing the registration office in Amsterdam and destroying these records. Damn. So he did this. Uh, there is a, I looked at four different, I looked at four different articles besides a wiki article. So five wiki art, five <laughs> wiki art, five articles in total. Some, some people say that he joined it with this girl. Frida Belafonte is for sure real, but there were two different, two different articles that said that he also joined with a boyfriend and that, but the boyfriend had a different name in each of them. So we're just going to say like, I don't know. Okay. He maybe had a boyfriend at this time when he joined and the boyfriend was part of him joining or he met a guy there and that became his boyfriend. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Or there's just another dude there and they're like, Oh, those, a gay guy's talking to a dude? Like, like, let's just make them more gay. Yeah, like, let's just make this shit more gay. <laughs> yeah, let's just add some romance because we're human and we always have to add romance. They're like, and then as the bombs exploded, they looked at each other <laughs> and they started fucking. <laughs> and they tenderly And fucked. Frida joined. And they're all bi. Yeah, they're Twist. all bi. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> um, still urging to the... Uh, just a second. I need to find my place again. It went from good drama to, like, crazy porno real fast. Yeah, right? I mean, what good story doesn't? That's true. <laughs> There's action. We just got our action. They're about to blow someplace and up. And now they're getting their and action. And now they're going to get their action. <laughs> <laughs> Arondeus, uh led the charge again, as I said, bombing the registration office. They did this by dressing up as Dutch police officers to gain access to the building. And then inside they planted, once inside they planted the bombs. Yes. Okay. So the plan was a success. Thousands of uh, files... Uh, thousands of files on Jews and non-Jews alike were destroyed and possibly as well thousands of lives were saved. Um, they managed to destroy, this is directly from Wikipedia, so I'm just going to read this off because it's like statistical things. So okay. it's just like, why would I even try and Put that change a word or whatever? Yeah. So they managed to destroy 800,000 identity cards and retrieved 600 blank cards so that, so that they could use. And they got five or 50,000 guilders, which was the money at the time. Mm. I think you can still have that money, but it's like they, they switched to the Euro in the early nineties. Okay. Okay. Um, the building was blown up and no one was caught on the night of the attack. However, due to an unknown betrayer, Arondeus was arrested on April 1st of 1943. Arondeus refused to give up the rest of his team. Yes. Um, but the, his notebook was found. And as a result, a majority of the group were arrested as well. Aww. Okay. So that was the quote from Wikipedia. Okay. So on June 18 of 1943, uh, Arondeus was t- tried and sentenced to death along with 13 other men who participated. Two of the group received clemency, but the others were executed on July 1st of 1943. I tried to Damn. figure out how they were executed. I don't know. Um, I could tell you right now, not a good way. Probably not in a good way. Um, maybe just look up how Nazis executed people. Uh, gas I would, chambers. Like, guess, what? <laughs> gas chambers. Yeah, gas chambers, or maybe they were publicly hung. Who knows? <sighs> yeah, I don't know how they like how like how the military liked to do traitors like that. I don't know. Um, so, this is why he's super known. Um, his final message before his death, which was relayed to his lawyer to give to the Nazi party and to tell the world, was that quote homosexuals are not cowards end quote oh! bitch. <laughs> and that's not made up that's like 
was on every article I saw. I like that is that. what this guy, if you search in Google that like in the, you know, you get like two or three sentences. If yeah. you search something that people search a lot, that is literally the last sentence That's is that cool. he sent to the, it, like during his execution said homosexuals are not cowards. Yes. Fuck yes. Like, That's cool. awesome. Um, so in 1945, after the liberation of the Netherlands, Arondeus's family was awarded the posthumous medal by the Dutch government in his honor. This is again from Wiki. Um, in 1984, he was awarded the Resistance Memorial Cross. And then further on the 19th of June in 1986, Yad Vassim uh, recognized Arondeus as righteous among the nations, which that's a thing. And I didn't want to look it up because ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then in 2012, Willem came out with <laughs> and that boy is a bottom. Then in then in uh 2005, Willem dis- uh, discovered that he was really into drag yeah. and over the next <laughs> the 10 years or yeah, the ghost. And over the next 8 years possessed the body of what we now know as Willem. Yes. <laughs> and now cue the song. <laughs> this boy is a bottom. He's a ratchet as bottom. So yes. that time you saw Willem and in the they oh my see. god and like literally zero effort <laughs> yeah literally zero effort <laughs> it was almost like disappointing like experience like Willem you need to like account you need to publicly account for that night like yeah. something must have happened like maybe something bad happened to him that yeah. night or I don't know because he just walked out on stage did like three turns <laughs> half sung like a song that wasn't even related was it even that boy's a bottom that's yeah it wasn't even that boy's a bottom for. i don't think they even played it when he was on stage and then he just like walked around grabbed some money for like five minutes didn't even do a dance routine and then walked out and that was it so fuck you the ghost of will i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> right so but that's homosexuals are not cowards that's Bad That's ass. badass. So that like, gives me chills. Actually, fuck, fuck what I said about Birdo. Oh. <laughs> Next week, I am doing, uh, there's a whole like wiki article, so I'm sure there's other articles on Frida Belafonte. Ooh. So she has shit that she did. So I'm going to do her next week. Yes, do her next week. <laughs> I'm, ex- right? I'm also going to do her next I week. I want to see a picture of her. She looks awesome. I like want to make a video game about these two and you can like co-op play them blowing up Amsterdam. Cute. <laughs> well, not the oh, city, wait. but the office. <laughs> I mean, cute, but for what the reason they did it. <laughs> I, like, I like go white boy instantly. Yeah. Like <laughs> again, our FBI guy is now like his lunch break is over. He has to go back to work to not listen to us right now. He's like first Corey was a child sex offender. Now he is <laughs> a bomber. <laughs> a bomber. <laughs> Oh dear God! This is the most incriminating podcast in the yeah, world. Yeah, my God. I was uh, doing research for my the Patreon episode, and like they were like taking apart all of these girls' like social media posts and things like that. And like, there's a video of them being like, "Would you rather die when you're like shot or drowned?" And like, we say shit like that all the time. Yeah. But detectives look at that and they're like, "Oh my God! Look at this information!" Yeah. So I like realized I was like, "Damn! If something ever happens to one of us, they're gonna look at this podcast." Or if we do anything. And it's the most incriminating shit. Yeah. If we don't have like a perfect alibi yeah. for anything that we're half related to, yeah. This will just be like turn into hard evidence yeah. for no reason <laughs> <laughs> totally 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 right. okay, and everyone well, who knows us is like what everyone's like uh <laughs> it's like they cry when they see they like step on their dog's paw uh, yeah like <laughs> 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 okay um should I, are you, should I jump into my spooky scoop yeah yeah i'm done okay yeah. so my spooky scoop today i'm talking about auras yes Ooh, aura daddy. me daddy 
So an aura is the energy that radiates about the body from the various chakras that you have. And they Ooh. line up. Chakras are from the top of your head down to the base of your spine. That's going to be another spooky scoop probably next week. Is, is, so this is like they are directly as a result of chakras. Yeah, it's like okay, cool. whichever ch- chakra is like feeling it, your aura is going to radiate. Yes. Like your aura can be like multiple colors, things like that. Uh-huh. Like there's usually like a, like a base color and like it radiates out. Um so some people can actually see people's auras. Like they look at someone, they're like, you're blue, you're orange. Some people can just sense the aura while others like me wish they could because I think it's so fucking fun. Yeah, fun. Like Same. it's so fun. So auras can um, contract or expand depending on the situation a person is experiencing. So, so for example, maybe you're blue today, Corey, but tomorrow you are turquoise or you're Ooh, magenta teal. or teal or or white or rainbow or something like that or silver so it can definitely it changes because we're human beings we are constantly changing yeah one thing happens to us and then suddenly everything else changes so depending on the individual's energy the aura can be like a thin outline or really really intense and distinguishable distinguishable just kind of depends on the mood and the aura usually has uneven edges and similar rays of color or energy that streak out from the body I'm going to go through some of the main colors that you might see in your aura, and then we're going to take a Ooh. super fun aura color test that I found online yeah. so I can find out what color aura you are today. Shannon's going to put her thumb at my butthole, and then I'm going to concentrate real hard. And I'm going to be like, ooh, <laughs> brown. <laughs> <laughs> or then I'm going to hold a, what's, an amethyst crystal yeah. in my right hand yes. while doing the shocker in my left yeah and then like you're standing on a ouija board (laughs) and whatever color the amethyst turns and i I guess it's quartz because that's white and i'm going to lay out tarot cards in a circle around (laughs) around my penis yes oh my god (laughs) my erect penis your very erect penis so i'm going to be reading some definitions or some uh descriptions of like the aura colors i'm reading it directly from auraaura.co slash aura colors because uh I was reading these and I was going to rewrite every single description, but like they're already saying it kind of the best way that you can describe it. So I was like, I'm just going to read it directly from the website. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to read it how it is. Okay. So red. So red is the color of the root chakra, which relates to your connection with nature, the physical body and the material world. It appears in the auras of fearless individuals who have a natural understanding of physical, of physicality and enjoy manifesting desires in the material world. Think like Madonna material girl in a material Got world it. song. Um, they are passionate and unapologetic about experiencing dynamic and abundant adventures in life as a physical being. It's this passion and restlessness that keeps them driven in life. They are generally unafraid of death, birth, overindulgence, sensuality, or adrenaline-inducing activities. So they, I'm not red. I'm going to tell You're you that. like the crazy, like extrovert, like don't give fucks, stunt yeah, yeah. man, you know, stuff like that. And Okay, next one is pink. So pink, uh, people who have pink, pink emissions the in their aura inspire a feeling of comfort to those around them. Pink vibrations are bubbly and uplifting because they correspond directly to the heart chakra. Cute. Which is typically associated with feminine energy. <laughs> so cute. Even in the midst of its of life's most pressing challenges, a person with a pink aura can help heal others with a glance, a smile, a kind word, oh, or just by beautiful. being present. It's yeah. like a chancy. You're yeah. a chancy. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's a chancy. Oh my god! Hiram, so this is like Tyler. Yeah, that's totally Tyler. Tyler's pink. And Hiram is like screaming right now because we're talking about chancy. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, it's like a little chancy yeah, or a little Ty- clefairy. Tyler is pink. Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> 
do we even need to continue? Okay. Yeah, right. Everyone's a chancy. Everyone, Move on. <laughs> you, your, your life should be, you should try to strive to be a chancy or a, a chancy. Tyler Aww. or you're losing a life. Okay, next <gasps> is. And then you and Tyler are chanty. <gasps> what the fuck? Ah! <laughs> okay, next is magenta. So those with the magenta aura are true originals. The color magenta is a combination of red, blue, and white. Cute. Um, those with magenta emissions and their aura combine a masterful understanding of the physical world, which is red, with a heightened capacity for creative thinking, which is blue. Um, this combination makes people with magenta aura- auras ideally suited for creative work. These high-energy, naturally creative beings thrive on originality and innovation and are not found of using copycat methods of creativity. Those with magenta on their auras tend to walk to the beat of their own drum and experience the world in their own creative way. Um, They can sometimes come across as a bit eccentric, but genuinely attract positive attention from their peers. I kind of imagine um, Jessica Day from New Girl with this. It's like a little quirky, like walks to the beat of her own drum, but like really positive. Mm. So um, just a little quirky creative hipster person is that zoe zoe de chanel yeah yeah um okay next is orange so orange is the color of the how do you sacral chakra sacral 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 chakra um which relates to the creativity sensuality and emotions so orange is the energy center for exchange and relationships placing high value on friendships and interacting with others so those with orange emissions and their auras resonate with the vibrations of joyful exchange whether relating to work or resources money time energy or love yeah this they is me possess strength and teamwork due to their ability to be relatable and sociable okay i would say right now orange is the closest yes daddy um next is yellow so yellow is the color of the solar plexus chakra yes. um, which rules our intellect self-esteem and personal power those with yellow in their energy field um, resonate with vibrations of confidence happiness a strong sense of self-esteem and the ability to inspire others to achieve greatness they're natural born leaders who tend to have high levels of energy and the ability to positively motivate others i would say that's mostly you i would say it's me except the self-esteem part but okay, um, okay. I, i'm a good i think i'm a combo of yellow and green i'll get to green in a second Ooh, yeah. and then we'll take a quiz right now orange is the most and with a little bit of magenta yeah i i see magenta with you um yeah, I definitely, because I was reading Magenta, I was like, oh, it reminds half me so of Half of Magenta is pretty correct, but then, like, the other half was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I wouldn't, like, describe you as, like, quirky or anything like that, but yeah. definitely, like, creative, but also, like, have a realistic look on the world, things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say you're, like, Magenta in a yellow right now. Ooh. Okay, so next is, uh, or sorry, Magenta and Orange. Yeah. Um, next is Tan. So a Tan aura can be found in individuals who are very logical and analytical. So this is not me. <laughs> so uh-huh. they choose a methodically process. Oh, sorry. They choose to methodically process every step from one through ten. They're also very practical, security conscious, and have a tendency to keep their feelings to themselves. They are not risk takers. These are the people who want to build a foundation brick by brick before taking a leap. I have a good amount of that. That is l- not me. I'm good about that, but I don't know if I put that out a lot. But I am pragmatic in my like internal thinking. Yeah. Next is green. So this is one I, I relate to. So green frequen- frequencies resonate with the vibration of the heart chakra, <laughs> the center of the personal growth and healing. Those with green auras radiate unconditional love and a life force energy that's sensed by all beings that come to their presence. Because of this, individuals with intense green in the auras are typically drawn to nature and animals. Cute. They're natural born self healers. Being the presence of a person with green emissions in the energy field is a very positive experience. They are the most balanced people in the entire color spectrum, easily giving equal attention to their own creative goals and to the people they love. Yeah. So I just saw animals and like balancing <laughs> myself. You're like and balance the people. animals, nature. Yeah, I was like yes. animals, balance, love. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
but I definitely don't think I'm all the qualities of, of green. Next is blue. So blue is the color of the throat chakra. So it rules communication and self-expression. A true lighter blue in the aura is, is uh, indicative of a person with natural intuitive gifts. They're the most caring, nurturing, and protective personalities in the color spectrum. Their life purpose is to serve, to help, and love others that they live by their hearts and emotions. Okay. Cute. That might be my grandma a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, next is indigo. So indigo blue is the color of the third eye chakra, um, relating to intuition and inspiration. Its frequency is the second highest vibrational energy Ooh. of the visible color spectrum. Oh, that's a lot of words right there. <laughs> second highest vibrational energy of the visible color spectrum. Science. It's like fucking chakra <laughs> science. Um, and relates to deep inner knowing. People with indigo in their auras are extremely sensitive to others' energies and are very in tune. They tend to know things before they happen, hear things before they're said, and dream lucidly and literally. Very Fuck like that. psychic. I don't want that. And <laughs> um, the last one I'm going to go through, there are other, other colors, but these are like the main ones that you'll probably yeah. see. The last one I'm going to go through is um, purple the or crown. violet. So violet is the color of the crown chakra, which relates to the connection of your dreams and higher consciousness. Ooh. Individuals um, with violet in their auras are dynamic, charismatic, and have powerful personalities. Their, their task or mission in life is to lead and inspire humankind and guide us into the new age of prosperity, happiness, and wholeness. They have an inner and driving urge to do something important in their life. They are visionaries, have high ideals and hopes for the future. Cute. So you're badass G if you're violet or purple. Yeah. Let's take this color test. Let's do now. it. So this color test is on paranormal dot love. I'm going to get to this too. Okay. Paranormal. Yeah. Paranormal dot love to know dot com. Slash aura underscore color underscore test. Oh, I can just send it to you on Facebook. There we go. Okay. okay. Let's do this. So you scroll down and it's like the scammy looking test. <laughs> it's not a scam. At least I hope not. It's my work computer. So it's the love to know paranormal aura test. Find your aura color with this fun aura color test. Yes. Click the continue button to start the quiz. At okay. the end of the quiz, you'll see your results. Going to continue button. Do we want to like just go back and forth with the questions? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll do this one. Okay. Okay. How do you see yourself? I have a simple lifestyle and enjoy meditation and introspection. I really enjoy helping people. I'm a caregiver. I'm into organic foods, vitamins, and yoga. I make friends easily. I'm a, I'm the life of the party. I love chatting and being with other people. I'm very conservative and thoughtful of other people's feelings. I'm athletic. Sometimes people mistake my energy for aggression because I'm very competitive. Or I'm sentimental and every and even cry over commercials. I can't stand to see anyone in pain. I'm going to choose the life of the party because I love chatting and being with other people. I love talking. It's my favorite thing in the world. I, we do have a podcast. I wish mine was that I'm into organic food, vitamins, and yoga. My goal is to get to that that place in life. Mine's between that and I'm sentimental and even cry over commercials. Those, I do that too. I was between both too. Yeah, those are like those are yeah, those are like the two closest. Yeah, yeah. That I would say. See, Jordan could not relate to a single one of these. I get what he means though. But everyone, you can fit yourself into one of these boxes though, or the one that you at least, even if you relate yeah, to just half yeah. of it. Yeah, I'll go with the sentimental one, just not to do the same one. Okay. Next, what your coworkers say about you. <laughs> we can say this about each other, Corey. Okay. <laughs> um, the first option is, does the job involve getting dirty? If so, then you're not going to do it. The next option is, yes, yes, yes. I hate telling anyone no. The next option is, in school, you didn't take shop class just to do something, just for something to do. You love hands-on work. The next option is you have very high expectations and perfectionist tendencies. The next option is they'll just put the project down in front of you and you dare you do and 
dare you to do it. The sentences are kind of weird. And the next yeah. one is you'll take one for the team any day. And the last option is you'll have a plan for every occasion. You're the team leader for a reason. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just do you'll take one for the team any day. Now, mine is a big flaw I have as a boss at work is I hate telling people no. So I always okay. say yes. So mine's yes, yes, yes. I hate telling no. Next. Okay. What kind of person are you? I practice creative visualization. Next. Oh. I believe I'm here to be a service to others. I'll do whatever I can to help. Next. I'm the rebel in the crowd. Tell me not to do it, and I'm determined to do it. Uh, next. I love talking, sharing information, and getting to know people. I write and act. Next. I love aerobics, sports, and anything else that tests my physical abilities. Next. I have short fuse temper. Next. I'm the eternal student. I want to learn everything I can. Oh my god i last night because i did this quiz really late at night i thought i said i love acrobatics <laughs> and so not like aerobics i was like that's very specific like <laughs> um i know i'm not the rebel um the aerobics the short fuse temper or the eternal student well you're really good at writing but you also practice like creative visualization because you're a creative person i love talking sharing information and getting to know people i don't like love getting to know people but i do like talking and sharing information you do have a podcast yeah <laughs> and you write but i don't really care to get to know people all the time i'm gonna do i believe i'm here to be a uh, service of others i'll do whatever i can to help and mine's gonna be i love fucking talking yeah and i write and act because i did go to school for acting didn't work out but i did it but we did it okay next one is how would your friends describe you so the first option is you have the biggest imagination ever and you're full of creative ideas. The next one is you're a saint. You're forgiving and generous. I don't think anyone in our friend group would call anyone in our group a saint because we're also like, uh -uh. we're also uh, bad baddies. We're all like Instagram baddies. Yeah. The next one is you're a true artist. The next one is you're loving and giving. Next one is you'd go into a burning building to save people without realizing the danger to yourself. The next one is you have both feet firmly on the ground. And the last one is you're very self-reliant and don't need to depend on anybody. It's an interesting quiz because it does make you really think. I would do the you're loving and giving or you would go into a burning building. Yeah, I would do that for both of us because yeah. you and I are kind of like mom and dad for the group. Yeah, you do. I would say you do you are loving and giving and I would do you would go into a burning building. Okay. Deal. Oh, this one's for women only. Whoa. Wait, why is this for women only? You could just click next. Fuck. The next one's for men only. No, fuck this. We're both answering both. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're human we're dynamic which do you love the most for everyone only give me my makeup oh, bag is it my turn to read oh yeah this? it's your turn sorry oh sorry sorry yeah i didn't re realize okay which do you love the most for women only or for for fucking human beings for everyone <laughs> only give me my makeup bag and lots of perfume my home it's decorated just the way i want designer clothes i like a complete ensemble look ensemble look sorry um next jewelry of course bling it on uh, next, pastries, candy, desserts. I love anything sweet. Next, plants. Give me lots of plants and flowers. Next, romance. Life isn't worth living without it. Hiram would answer plants. Uh, mine's romance. Yeah. Mine's also romance. I, yeah. I don't really care about anything else. Yeah. Love is just so important. So okay. this one's for men only, but now it's for everyone only. Yeah. So what do you love the most? My tools are a razor, aftershave, and a manicure set. Um, my comfy leather chair and a widescreen TV, my credit card, 
for the best tailor in town, my sports car, of course. <laughs> Give me pizza, chips, and beer. Well, that's probably that's, <laughs> that's probably what we're going to have to choose. Hiking and being in the great outdoors. That's, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I wish I could choose that one. But realistically, at the end of the day. That we know we don't do it. Yeah, or the going to parties. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, give Go- me pizza, chips, and beer. Cause what I, do I love the most? A comfy leather chair and a widescreen TV. That, watch movies, that's though? That's pretty good. That's pretty fucking watch good. watch movies. Also, my credit card, though, so you Give can spend money. Give me pizza, chips, and beer. <laughs> mine's pizza, chips, and beer. I think mine's going to be mine's gonna be the comfy leather chair with the widescreen TV. <laughs> <laughs> Those were so randomly, like, specific. I know, right? <laughs> okay. My credit card for the tailor. <laughs> <laughs> for the tailor. Uh, which is the real you? I have a... Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Uh, I have a dream. I can see the future very clearly and know how to make my dreams come true. Next, talk to me. You can tell me anything and I'll hear every word. Next, don't fence me in. I might take a trip on the spur out of the moment. Next, I'm addicted to nature. I'm looking for my very own Walden's Pond. Next, I don't mind taking risks as long as I know there's a payoff. Next, I prefer being myself or being by myself. Sorry. Next, don't shout and don't get angry. It makes me feel as though I'm the one upset or angry. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> guess, guess, I guess I'm the one shouting, <laughs> getting angry. Because like, I oh can't. My- I don't empathize. I don't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is talk to me. You can tell me anything, and I'll hear every word. Because people always come to me to. Yeah. To I talk. yeah I get get that. So I'm gonna take this. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Don't Fence Me In. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, what is your Achilles heel? So the first option is the eyes are the window of my soul and mine constantly weep. That is... Damn. That's intense. <laughs> that's like what a serial killer writes. Like, yeah. I'm glad, <laughs> like on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Damn. If you choose that one, come join us in this podcast. <laughs> the next one is I guess I don't talk enough because I get a sore throat when I talk too much. The next one is indigestion. I love spicy foods. My body can't tolerate them. <laughs> Corey's face is hilarious. Like, this is weird. Um, if you notice, these are all uh, chakras. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. My lungs. Yeah. The next one is like my lungs. I don't have a lot of wind regardless what my friends say about hot air. Lol. Um, my muscles scream at me when I exercise. <laughs> <laughs> um, my nervous system. I'm uptight and anxious too easily. Obviously, that's the one I'm going to have to choose. And the last one, my head feels like it's going to burst open. I get headaches very easily. I am very type A and anxious, so obviously mine is my nervous system. <laughs> you know what? Even though, even though we did like, we made fun of the first one, I feel like that's the one I'm picking. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey's a serial killer. Well, because killer. I can't, I can't hide my emotions. That's true. Like, you can't you hide your emotions. You know if I'm mad, yeah. and I can't hide it. Yeah. And I don't, and I won't. Yeah, that's true. That's your first one. Yeah, yeah. And they constantly <laughs> weep though. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little too much it's a very hot topic emo <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I, there has to be a better option i would say probably the emotion one because you're right like okay I, that's like the closest one like my head feels like it's going to burst open i get headaches very easily i don't even know what that's talking about <laughs> so that's definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess we'll go with that i'm a fucking serial killer all right and drum roll for our results oh drum roll all right what what color are your you? answer um whoa your colors are your aura is largely blue 
The color represents the throat, specifically the thyroid. If your aura is blue, you're <laughs> intuitive and you love helping people. You remain calm during a crisis. True. Yeah. Others lean on you for support. Eh. I um, lean on you for support constantly. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks, Jenna. Uh, your aura also contains violet. Violet ooh. Is, ooh, is often associated with the nervous system. You are a visionary of the highest level. Okay. You're <laughs> someone who can daydream. That's true. That's and true. change the world with spiritual love, sexual healing. Cute. Yeah, uh, that's sort of cool. Yeah, I like that. I like it. That's pretty That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Mine, I only have one color. Ooh, oh, fuck yeah. Just green. Green. Nice. <laughs> nice. So your aura shimmers green. Green is the color of the heart and of nature. Green is often found within the aura of healers, teachers, and people who work for the public good. Nice. I don't work for the public good. I work for selfish reasons. Yeah, but um, yeah. I agree with the green because after I got green, that's when I like went through and I read the definition of green. It's the definitions I read earlier. And yeah, like I think I do have some yellow and green in me. And yellow and green are very... Um, Similar colors, uh-huh. similar tendencies, things like that. Yours is blue and violet. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, pretty. yours is pretty, pretty good. So that is the aura quiz. Thank you for participating, Corey. Yes. So go ahead and uh, message us on Instagram what your aura color is, and we're gonna post about this on Instagram and comment on the post or Facebook post or tweet. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Okay, so let's get into my supernatural segment. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so mine today is on the haunting of Old Tooele Hospital. Ooh! Ooh, so I almost did this one when I did like the Utah hauntings. I did like three Utah haunting yeah. stories a few episodes or like 10 or 15 episodes ago. Is this the hospital that is now a haunted house? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's not the one, it's not the one that they used to do in like Pleasant Grove that actually was an asylum. And then they like in the seventies and eighties had patients that would actually like, and in, in maybe even in the 90s and early 2000s, too, they would actually use patients to be in, like, be the people who scared okay, people. That, we should make a Halloween bonus episode based off of that. Right yeah, there. yeah. I forget because you, like, hear it's like almost a wives' tale, but it is real. That's crazy. But because, like, every, you know, all the haunted houses around here claim that they did that or something, or everybody has a story and they're yeah. like, I don't know which one it was, blah, blah, blah. But we should research that. We should. That'd be fun. That would be a fun Halloween bonus episode. Like, because yeah. Utah has some of the best haunted houses. Like uh, around. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's so many here and they're, they're all so intense. So that'd be kind of fun to talk about. Yeah, that'd be fun. Noted. And then go to them. Oh my God. Ah! Um, I can't go to the one where you have to sign the waiver. I can't do fuck it. Fuck that. I don't want pig's bud and cockroaches thrown on me. I'm little. I would 100% be separated from you. Oh, yeah. Without a fucking and then doubt. just like fucking groped out of your, your mind. Yeah, For exactly. like no reason. So fuckity fuck that. Yeah. They're like, you signed a waiver. I'm like, I didn't sign it to be sexually assaulted. They're like, well, you kind of did. They're like, you kind of like, fucking <laughs> did. <laughs> I'm like, Anna, fuck you. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop interrupting you. Okay, Sorry. no, you're good. You're good. Um, So, Tuila was settled in a- 1849. Let's just, like, this quick little history of Tuila. Literally, it's like two sentences. Yeah, because Tuila does not matter. <laughs> yeah, I already talked too much about it. Like, I already, like... Right now, these words are longer than what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Tuella's in Utah. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Tuella was settled in 1849 by three families, and only it only had a population of 1,200 by the turn of the century, like into the 20th century, the 1900s. Wow. Um, so any this this uh, sort of starts in, this story starts in 1873 and sort of goes until like the 50s a bit. Um, so like, just think that there are not a lot of people like in this place uh, for a while. Um, But then uh, we'll get into it. Okay. Um, Also to know it was settled by Mormon pioneers. Okay. So this is a predominantly probably almost 100% for half of the history of this, of this, uh, 
of this hospital, they're all Mormon. Like I would almost bet my life on it. That is almost like a hundred percent or like yeah. at least 90%. So it's all run by a cult. Yeah. So much. haunted stuff ran by a cult. Ran Crazy. by a cult. Yeah. Started by a sex offender and then continued by a racist. By a super sex offender racist. <laughs> by super racist. <laughs> by by next level upgraded super saiyan racist. Yeah, yeah. Like Joseph Smith was like a tier two racist sex yeah. offender. Brigham Young was like a goddamn like tier one, like big fucking bad dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what we know uh, as the Old Tooele Hospital today started out as a basic house constructed by Samuel F. Lee in 1873. By 1913, the Lee family had moved out and the county turned it into a home for those that were elderly and, and who required special care and supervision. So basically like an old folks home that we think of today, right, right. but probably a little bit more um, personable, you know, something like that. Or okay. just, yeah. Personable? Is that a good? Re- yeah. And creepy. Yeah. Um, so it eventually just became a old poor house um, where people went to die and huh. many locals referred to it as the county poor house. Um, it was not long before the residents of the county recognized the structure as an appropriate location for a hospital. And by 1953, they made minor adjustments to it. And that's what they, when they turned it into the old Tooele Hospital. So by 1953, there are a good amount of people living in the city. I don't know how much. Um, I didn't look that up. But uh, I'm sure a good amount of people aren't Mormon by this time, but probably still, I would say 90% or 80% are still Mormon. That really doesn't super matter, but it matters to Chan and I. It matters to me. <laughs> because yeah. we were forced into this cult. <laughs> yeah, we were cult members. <laughs> <laughs> so, however, there are no, there's no special location. Oh, sorry. Um, so when there are minor adjustments made to this building, um, they still just made it barely able to handle like medical shit and just take care of these people. Um, there were no special location identified as a morgue for patients that passed away in the structure. So they just had one room (gasps) that was unrefrigerated (gasps) that was just designated for the dead. (gasps) Like if somebody died, they literally just took your body. And this is like literally from... This is like before Holy this God. really happened. And then from the 50s on, it was like, hey, we are just going to put pe- bodies in this morgue and uh, or just put them in this room and just let them sit there until the mortician can come and uh, identify the bodies and like sign their papers and then we can bury them. Fuckety so fuck that would that. probably take like a day to a few days that there's just like a body to multiple bodies. Probably not a shit ton. But like one, two, or three bodies just sitting in. In my mind, it's just like bodies stacked on top of each other. They like oh my struggled god, to yeah, open that's what I want. That's what they want. Like all the articles want to picture. Yeah, but I mean, this is like the fifties and sixties. It's I, like a body in the corner. Yeah, it said it. It said um, it's a thirty-five minute drive from Salt Lake City and so a twelve-hour walk. So um, <laughs> before cars were readily available, it might have taken a while. And then I looked at the earliest uh, mortuary in Tooele, and that it it. It has been it was established seventy seven years ago. So seventy seven years ago, let's just say it's two thousand twenty. Okay. So then it's uh fifty seven years ago. So nineteen forty three is when it was started. Mm-hmm. So there was a mortuary here at the t- there at the time. So maybe bodies were there for a day or two or three. But the articles are like want you to picture like rotting stacks piles. Yeah, stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks of just like mice everywhere and the like those uh, bloat flies. Ooh, yeah. It's like Ooh, gross ass ew, shit. Yeah. Ew. Uh. So let's just picture that because it's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a bloody handprint for no fucking reason Oh somewhere. my God, yeah. <laughs> and then like you look like one of the stacks wiggles a yeah! bit and you're like, what the oh fuck? And there's God. a little six-year-old girl under it. Oh. Uh. 
<laughs> and then there's a mirror in the room. Ew, because there the has mirror, to be a mirror. And there's like a nun behind you. Oh my God. And then you turn ah. around and the nun's gone. You look back in the mirror and the nun's there. Turn around, the nun's gone. We turn need back. to go see the scary stories you tell in the dark, but oh, we yeah. have zero time to see it. And I want to see it. Like, I want to put down my headphones right now and go see it. Well, we can go see it on Tuesday. God damn it. Because we're doing Patreon <laughs> stuff on Monday. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, it, it just yeah they just wanted to paint the picture of there's just like bodies stacks on stacks of bodies in this like little unrefrigerated room just putrefying gross um when visiting the old tuila hospital you will notice that the tuila county cemetery is right beside the hospital so they probably just like took them out and you know immediately were like get this putrefying body away from me and put it in the fucking ground like asap Ew. Um, so the place operated as medical facility until two, until 2000 when the hospital was closed as a modern hospital was constructed. The building eventually was reopened as a place to care for elderly people. So I think it legitimately opened up as a retirement home. Okay. Um, or might be like a little bit more of a like old town again, like personable, like okay. sentimental place where it's like, Hey, this is a retirement home, but we're not going to call it that because there's just like not that many patients. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, Hey, they live in this space, Still you creepy. know, and we're taking care of them. Still creepy. Still creepy. So today, uh, or then in 2006, half of the structure oh. was, uh, repurposed into asylum 49. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's because it had 49 rooms. I don't really remember. Who knows? But I don't know. we'll talk about that during a Halloween bonus episode in two months. Yeah. So Kim Anderson opened it up after constructing a paranormal investigation of the hospital with the help of a man by the name of Troy Wood, as well as a team of ghost hunters from the Utah Ghost Organization. How do we join that? <laughs> I never even right? heard of that before. Uh, so basically, uh, I think in 2006, he was like, he didn't believe in ghosts and then heard about these stories, visited the place, got spooked. He's like, and, I believe in ghosts. And saw something and was like, I think I believe in ghosts now. Damn. So then he went to Troy Wood or I think is a local and then who like led Troy led Kim Anderson to the Utah ghost organization. And then they got a team together and then went and did like actual paranormal investigations. Cool. Of the place. And then I think in 2007, the asylum officially opened up asylum 49. Um, so also fun little fact before I go on to ghost shit or like spooky shit, uh, the fastest Indian, uh, which is a documentary. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I made the same exact face. I was like, Utah, Tooele, and something called the fastest Indian. This has to be racist as fuck. Yeah. I don't believe it is because I think it, it's a doc about somebody who is Native American. Okay. But it was made a while ago, so they were still using Indian. Okay, so the title. Okay, yeah. I wish yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. could have seen both of our faces <laughs> we're like there. He said that, and I was like, I can never recreate yeah. the face that I made. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Corey is You're like, should we racist. just continue talking, or should we just move on? Yeah, I was like, Corey, edit? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't go into much because I don't even want to know about it because it could easily be racist, but I'm pretty, it, it is a documentary. So okay. it seems to be like it is a documentary about a Native, Native American uh, dude. Okay. Yeah. So um, also The Stand, uh, which is a, was a film adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand. Oh. One of his books. I think a lot of people, that's one of their favorite books. Like that's one of his top three books is The Stand. Good job, Daddy. I think. Um, it was made in 1994 and it had Rob Lowe in it. What? Random. <laughs> yeah. Chris um, Traeger, I literally am so scared right now. <laughs> yeah, I love him. I literally- Stop. I think Pooping. when I do my next D&D character, I'm going to make it be off of him. Because I have my oh, like little gnome, necromancer, wizard yeah. that I want to make. I'm going to have him be like, and so like literally, and uh, have him be literally? like intense and uptight like that. I am so depressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this season where he's like as a crippling depression. Yeah. My therapist, <laughs> Dr. Whatever. <laughs> I am literally dying on the inside right now. I don't feel anything. <laughs> um, 
okay so yeah that's basically like all the history and shit like that that really matters um so let's get into the happenings again i do happenings which are just like little tidbits and little titty tits and then we'll go on to like actual more like story narrative hauntings okay scare the the ghost out of me so since the original paranormal investigation the place will hold two paranormal investigations a month from January till July. Uh, the rest of the year is preparing for the haunted house attraction, setting it up, doing it, and taking it we down. Just fucking and then probably the a break for Christmas. What? We just missed the window. We could have went. Oh, we literally just missed the window. Ah! Yeah, I'd go here. I'd go do that. Yeah. yeah I'd go do that. <gasps> See, so with the, so Chan, I need your help for this next part. Okay. It says, with the investigations comes hundreds of sightings of orbs. Basic. Shadows. Basic. Apparitions. Basic. Mists. Basic. Disembodied voices. Basic on EVP. bitch. Yeah, all your basic bitch ghost shit. Okay. Yeah. Then the names of some ghosts identified are Richard, James, Ned, Peter, and Jessica, who is a little eight-year-old girl. White, 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 white. <laughs> white, 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 white. Then last fucking note on Jessica, who's an eight-year-old little girl ghost in the middle of a fucking uh, retirement home. What the fuck is she doing there? She's a fucking demon. Yeah. Demon-ass bitch named Jessica, <laughs> who is pretending to be a white little eight-year-old Mormon girl <laughs> named Jessica Ann. Probably. Who died somehow in a fucking retirement home. Yeah. What she, the fuck? Ooh, what if someone like like drowned her in the baptismal <sighs> font because they're like die jessica oh bitch and then the demon like took over jessica's body god damn shit Ooh. Oh, she like rises from the baptismal uh, water the, uh, and walks on it the baptismal water's black she like, like twerks on black. it she's yeah like, oh, oh. yeah yeah go oh wait no she's eight ah but ah. it's a demon so it's okay but she can twerk twerking's like a dance i thought you said now. squirt no okay. i said twerk. <laughs> i said twerk i heard squirt she squirts out the black ink into the, the baptismal icker. font <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest part of the okay say what you will about the nun actually a lot of people really hate it it is a little but that was we, a cool part it's like super atmospheric and beautiful this is spoilers so if you don't want to have anything spoiled for the nun just go away now jump ahead 30 seconds yeah jump ahead yeah um that like there don't jump ahead right now jump ahead in like after i finish the sentence <laughs> so one it is super atmospheric and the set design is beautiful yeah. and just very creepy they get it they get it perfectly right like you feel like you're in a romanian monastery in the mountains yeah yeah and then the imagery of some of the stuff that they do is cool yeah it is everything else you could throw shit at and i'll accept it but i still love the nun but when okay so spoilers skip ahead now when she like levitates out of the water yeah. and walks in it. I was like, damn, this is cool. Yeah, when she walked in that water, I was like, yeah, fuck Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck Jesus, hail, 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 uh, hail Payman, Valak. Uh, Valak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, speaking of child demons, for most of the... <laughs> back to Tawilla. Back to Jessica, the yeah. Mormon demon. <laughs> yeah, speaking of child demons, for most of the history of the hospital, and ev- this is a little creepy, and even to this day, <gasps> the elderly report seeing children run down the halls stare at them from afar and even talk to them these children are never seen by the staff but it is common that shortly after a resident notes this to a staff member they die many people fight over whether there are they are cherubim like entities so like little angel babies you know like you know ushering them to the afterlife okay or if they are fucking demons posing as children i'm gonna tell you right now it's a demon it's a motherfucking demon life is not that positive everybody no uh cherubims don't give a fuck yeah (laughs) Like, when I die, I know for a fact I'm seeing a hell dog. Oh, I just yeah. already know it's going to fucking happen. And, like, yeah. Corey's going to be riding the hell dog. Yeah. And he's like, everyone's I'll gay naked. down in like, hell. <laughs> Mormons were right. We're going to hell. <laughs> Woo. Woo. If Mormons are right, I'm so sad because then I'm going to outer darkness and that just sounds so cold. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't want to be cold. Yeah, you'll be a cold-ass bitch. I'll be so cold and sad. <laughs> 
Okay, so also one of these specific entities is another little girl, not the same little girl uh, that we're talking about. It actually could be Jessica. I tried to find a correlation, but there wasn't. Mm. But maybe it is Jessica. Um, so it's a little girl that follows patients and staff her around and plays tricks. Also, she is one of the only apparitions to be seen in the haunted house part, as well as still today Ooh. in the elderly home. Cool. Okay. They sit, they do, they do like report that like, they'll just all of a sudden they'll be like, be like spooked out. And then all of a sudden there's like a pale girl just like walking behind them, but she's like not spooked or like, you know, phased by any of the shit going on. That would scare the fuck out of me. Ew. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just like so. Like a demon is just casually walking behind you. Yeah, that's that's scary. Watching me. you get fake scared. That's freaky. That's creepy as fuck. Yeah, that's a not demon cool. in a haunted house. That's like that sounds <gasps> like a, a good horror film. That is a horror film, and I actually watched it. I told you that one time where it was the, it was the Hell House LLC where I said they had that cool strobe light part. I, I told you about this like like drunk when I was living in the vineyard. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Okay. Oh, was this the movie that came out like a year or two ago? No, it came out a while oh, ago. Because I know there was we, that movie like where they it takes place in a haunted house and there's like a, a murderer in the haunted house and he's like killing uh-uh, people. Uh-uh. But, but, but yeah, you, you need to watch it. We should watch it actually. I, we could watch it for Halloween. I'd watch it again because it, it's like it's, it's a gym. It's a hidden gym. It's not the best movie in the world, but they have like three or four different scenes that are like, whoa, this is like I'm spooked. Like cool. I was spooked that whole day and I watched it in the middle of the day. Yeah, let's watch it. Yeah. Okay, so um, one of the last things is, uh, there's two last things that I have before I get to the actual little stories. Um, so there are also reports of a man dressed in black that nope. will be seen by night staff at 3 a.m. <laughs> People are terrified of him and are overcome with dread as they spot him at the end of a long hallway as he smiles and waves <gasps> at them and then walks around corners to disappear. He has also been seen by those working in the haunted house late into the night. So he's one of the only other ones where I found evidence that people will see him. Could you imagine working in the haunted house? I would fucking kill myself. I could not. I could never work in a haunted house. It would get to my head. I got spooked enough when I worked at the haunted forest. The haunted forest isn't even that freaky. I would. uh, Yeah, I couldn't do it. Um, The man in black was uh, also seen one time walking into a patient's room (gasps) and he locked the door. (gasps) The nurses called maintenance to take, I just picture like, you know how they have the like little box with the little diagonal, you know, those windows. Uh I just picture a nurse walking a man in a black suit, watching a man in a black suit smile at her and then turn and walk into a room and the door slams shut and she runs up to the window and his face is just grinning (gasps) at her and it's locked. No! It's such creepy imagery. Okay. My nipples are so hard. Uh, wait. Oh, my God. Okay. Are, you're joking or no? My nipples are half hard. Okay. I got spooked. I got spooked They're today and realized talk. that when I get spooked, my nipples get hard. My nipples are hard. They're my gonna nipples get literally get hard when I get spooked because the goosebumps, they make your nipples hard. So literally my Spooky nipples get nipples. hard. So I get a little bit aroused also when I'm spooked. You're like. I guess it goes with the BDSM. Harder. You, you're like squeezing I'm your like nipples. Spookier, spookier. <laughs> Say it again. The demon's like, what? <laughs> the demon's like, I'm not into this. <laughs> I didn't give you consent. <laughs> How dare you get sexual pleasure from me scaring Damn. you? Damn. No consent from the demon. <laughs> um, okay. So the nurses called maintenance to take the door off. When the door was removed, the nurses rushed in and found that the patient had passed away. Damn. Damn. Yeah, that, that patient got killed by a demon. Yeah, that this episode uh, or like this little incident might link to something later, and I'll mention it. Um, the guy names the guy's name is Wes. If I forget, but I probably won't. The guy who died. Up. Yeah, I think it might be Wes because I'll, I'll you'll you'll know when I get to him. 
West, okay, Wesley. so poltergeist activity has also been uh, reported in room six of the abandoned hospital. Of course, somebody wrote 666 on the door just to make to the room appear more welcoming. Yes. Um, that's like, I, I don't really know if that's super true. I only saw that in one ar- article. Oh, that's fun. But whatever. Yeah, it's fun. Um, there has also been reports of sca- scratches, uh, scatting, taking place in the room as well. <laughs> so it's little scratches Can and scatting. You. And just walk in and like a demon shits, shits in your you. face. <laughs> it's like black ichor though. <laughs> <laughs> just all in your fucking face, into your mouth. <laughs> your nipples would not be hard. <laughs> <laughs> nipples would not be hard. Um, along with uh, six, the number three seems to be a bad omen around the hospital as the patients often died in threes. And the room mm. numbers that are multiples of threes are the ones that have the highest acti- activity of poltergeist, uh, highest poltergeist activity. That's Sorry. usually how it goes. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. And people always die in threes. That's like a common thing. Yeah, uh-huh, that's a common thing. Yeah, it's like when someone dies, you're like, oh, who's the next two? They even said that, um, th- I didn't really go into it, but the dude who did the hotel, Kim, whoever his name is, not the hotel, sorry, the Asylum 49, uh-huh. he will do things in threes too. Like oh. he'll do three, like, I don't know, three crows in a room or three clowns sitting in the corner of a room. Like he'll do threes of some, of stuff to go along with the, the full theme, the three theme. Yeah. The, the demon theme. The demon theme. Um, so now let's get to the hauntings. The first one is Maria. 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 Uh, she is said to be the ghost of a nurse who used to work at the hospital and is said to guard a spirit portal in the hospital. Whoa. So she's said to have been heard on EVP and seen by visitors. Um, that it, And she's said to be telling other spirits not to go into the light. Yeah. Okay. So this was later identified by a medium that visited the property who had no idea of Maria's existence. Mm. So she like came and she was like, oh my God, I see like a a woman dressed in all white, like nurse attire, which uh, the people at that hospital, the nurses didn't dress in white like that. So she was weird, which like demon. Yeah. Um, People seem to tell the story in a good light. Like uh, it was in four of the articles that I read and they all seem to, uh, you know, have a positive spin. But this is where that that's where it confused me because she says that people tell this in a good light. Just like I'm finding my space, space again. Um, she, I feel that it's sinister as the nurse is most likely telling the ghost to not pass into the afterlife because isn't that like, you know, the goal. Are, don't we? Yeah, isn't the goal? Don't we usually attribute the light to like going into the afterlife yeah, or like going on. into your heaven or moving on from the material world? Yeah, yeah. And the ones that are here haven't done that. And so her stopping people from going is 100% sinister demon. and a motherfucking demon. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. Like uh, the they 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 express that like when the I've said like a billion times right now, sorry. It's just because I don't really know what's going on here. Um when the medium pointed that out, she pointed out that the spirit portal, the light that is a spirit portal is not their salvation. And I was like I like I don't get how you contribute those two, it really sort of confused me. I don't understand. And I looked up a quick article about spirit portals, and then it just confused me more. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a spooky scoop one day on spirit portals. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, cool. Um, I think it's a demon, because I, we usually attribute a light to moving on. I'm going to go with demon. Yeah. Because she's know, like, no, no, don't go there. Stay here and, like, be eternally tormented. Yeah. And you're like, y- okay. Yeah. Stay here in the shitty-ass abandoned hospital. Yeah, so, if anybody tells you to stay in Tooele, Utah, they're a fucking demon. They're a fucking demon. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So next one is Wes and the Dark Spirit. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. So I, this is the connection that I think it is. Wesley. Wesley. My love. As you wish. <laughs> oh, Wesley, my love. <laughs> 
Okay, there is also a man who haunts this place who goes by Wes. He haunts the room he died in and the hallway around it, but doesn't really venture far from this room. Uh, there might be a reason why. Ooh. Uh, Wes died with Alzheimer's, and when spotted or captured on EVP or during a seance, is very confused and possibly indicating that his Alzheimer's still plagues him in the afterlife. <gasps> That's sad. Fucking That's terrifying. awful. Yeah. So after numerous sightings of Wes circulated around, a medium heard the story and then came and helped. Uh, Try to try and help Wes like move on. What are you looking at? I just heard a noise right next to me. So um, I was just scared. looking, <laughs> just half expecting. What do you want to see, Jenna? I don't know, but I I wanted to prepare myself. I saw like two legs right there. Oh my god, yuck! It's like somehow two p.m. and I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say that again. After numerous sightings of Wes circulated, a medium came to attempt the to help Wes pass onto the other side. Why is that sentence so hard? Did I write that wrong? No, wait. So, so, so this is what I literally wrote. A bunch of pictures of Wes. So a bunch of rumors about Wes happened. So a medium showed up and was like, yo, I'm going to try to make a move on. Thank you. We're <laughs> leaving this in and you just said that sentence because I can't fucking say it. Okay. So as she came and like confronted him in this <laughs> seance or whatever, you know, is going on. Um, she said that something was holding him back and then saw a dark figure that was <gasps> following Wes around. No. Reports say that the medium screamed in terror and left the building and refuses to go back. Ooh. So that would sort of uh, connect with the shadow demon that yeah. they were seeing or the, or the man in the black suit who went into the room of a patient, locked the door. And that sort of uh, coincides with Wes. On, Wes's mm -hmm. spirit only being able to leave, like be in the hallway directly around the yeah. room or in the room. Damn. Isn't that sad? And you know what that reminded me? Oh, this is when my nipples got hard today. My nipples are already scared. hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is because it reminded me of The Conjuring 2. Oh. Because that's what... Uh, spoilers. 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 Oh, spoilers. okay. Uh, jump ahead. Because uh, that because Valak is using the man in the chair that's as like a, a puppet. puppet. Yeah. When and that he, happened in the movie theater, I was like, fuck, I didn't know demons could do that. Yeah. I was it like, was, fuck me. It was freaky as shit. <laughs> Um, so last little story, almost done. Wait, I have a comment about Wes. Yeah. So you know how you said like maybe the Alzheimer's followed him into the afterlife? Yeah. Now, since it's a demon, I don't think it's Alzheimer's. I think it's the demon that's purposefully confusing the ghost and preventing so the ghost. So he can't move on. So he can't move on. So yeah. he's messing with the ghost in every single way. Yeah, he's and that's and that's him. what was happening to dude in the chair. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why he was so confused and stuff. So yeah, not Alzheimer's. Damn. Demon bitch. Demon bitch. Um so Samuel F. Lee is our last little story. You may recognize his name because he is the dude that built the original house. Oh, Samuel Fuckley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, basically there are claims that Samuel F. Lee continues to walk the floors and the halls of his uh, of his house. Bitch. The people say that he is actually mostly there in spirit because his son Thomas actually died when he was about six or eight. They can't. They don't really know. Um, and so he walks around with his son who oh. is sort of stuck there in some sort of Aww. sense or residual, like, you know, a residual haunting maybe, mm. um, which if people don't know what that is, it's more like residual hauntings are a type of haunting where it's actually pr probably not a spirit. It's what people you like may technically say as a ghost instead of a spirit because it's not the actual soul or spirit of the person. It's like the energy. It's a ghost. Yeah. It's like the residual emotional energy yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, uh, Thomas will stay around his uh, dad, but he's actually very he's actually very playful and will play tricks and try and spook and scare people, but in a playful manner. Yeah. Still. But still, fuck that. But still, <laughs> fuck you, little demon boy. Fuck you, bitch. Okay, and that is the haunting of Otuella Hospital. I love it. I will yeah. never go to the asylum, the haunted house section of it, uh -uh. because they touch you. 
Yeah. It's, it's, you have to sign a waiver. But yeah, I would love to do the paranormal thing with you. Yeah, July. that would be fun. We should do that. that we should fun. do that like in January where it's all cold and like dreary as fuck. It's super spooky. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. we might die on the drive over to Tuolos, the snowy. Just because it's snowy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yay, so that's it. I love it. Let's jump into my segment today. Cool. So I am talking about. Sorry, I was looking at the time. Okay, so today I'm talking about the murders of Loria Bible and Ashley Freeman. Okay. So if you have ever listened to a true crime podcast or have ever been part of a true crime community or have ever watched ID Channel, chances are you're going to recognize this case when I start talking about Ooh. it because I have a bunch of memories of my childhood and like teenage life watching multiple segments on TV about them, like ID Channel and okay. stuff. And because uh, for years and years and years, the case didn't go solved and it actually was just solved about a year ago. So pretty Yay. cool. So it has a happy ending, I guess. Not necessarily happy ending, but there's, there's a conclusion <laughs> to yeah, this one yeah. where a lot of the time there's no conclusion. <laughs> okay. So Loria Bible and Ashley Freeman were BFFs since kindergarten. They did everything together. Loria's mom recalls their friendship in quotes. This is from Loria's mom. Loria and Ashley would call each other at least once a week. What one was thinking, the other was thinking. It's kind of like when two people, one can finish the sentence and the other one starts one. Cute. So like best, 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 best friends. Um, the two girls lived in a small town in rural Oklahoma. Ashley played basketball and loved to hunt and fish, not vegan. And Loria was a cheerleader and raised hogs to show off at a livestock competition. Also not vegan. Because they're probably sold for, they're for not vegan purposes. For not vegan purposes. Okay, so then on December 29th, 1999, dun, dun, it wasn't dun, a surprise dun, dun. that Ashley was spending her 16th birthday with her best friend, yes. Loria. Um, Loria went over to Ashley's house for the sleepover. Loria, Ashley, and Ashley's parents, Kathy and Danny, um, were all home and spent the evening eating pizza, watching movies, partying, the whole Eating shebang. other things. Um, sometime between 9.30 p.m. and 5.30 in the morning, an altercation occurred, leaving people either dead or missing in the house ablaze. Happy birthday, Ashley. So, Damn, that's dramatic. December 30th, 1999, 5.30 in the morning in Welch, Oklahoma. A neighbor, woke, a neighbor woke up to the signs of fire and saw the Freeman's trailer and completely engulfed in flames. They called 911, and the police and fire department quickly came and extinguished the fire. It wasn't long until they determined that it was arson, obviously. Yeah. Um, inside the house, the charred remains of Kathy, who was the mother, was found, and she was found with a gunshot wound in the head. Danny and the girls were missing. So, um, what, both what happened to the dad or the whatever? We'll find out soon. Jesus Christ. So both the Freeman's and Loria's car was in the driveway, so it wasn't really clear how the three of them could have escaped or where they even were. Um, now, police immediately theorized that Danny had shot his wife and then kidnapped the two girls. Yeah. In the first 24 hours, police um, focused all of their energy into the Danny theory and didn't properly investigate the crime scene. Um, there were multiple clues that, po that pointed away from Danny, but police overlooked them because they were so laser focused on Danny that they didn't really take care of the crime scene properly Damn. at all. Because they were just like, oh, we can't find Danny. He must have been the one to do this. Um, now, Danny and the police did not have a good relationship, like at all. Just three months prior, um, Danny told his brother, Dwayne, that if anything would ever happen to him, that they should look into the police. What? So, um, Danny hated the police because they shot and killed his son, Shane, after Shane stole a truck and stole their neighbor's gun. Although the shooting was ruled justifiable, Danny was planning to file a wrongful death lawsuit against the department right before the fire happened. Apparently, police threatened Danny and told him they could do whatever they wanted to him, and it wouldn't matter to anybody. 
So like with the police now on the crime scene, just laser focusing on Danny and they already have all this baggage. You can already kind of see how they didn't, they purposefully didn't really care about the crime scene. Yeah. And then um, just 24 hours after the fire was extinguished, they opened up the crime scene to the public. What the fuck? So this means any fucking person could walk up. Any person could walk up, get their DNA everywhere, take You know clues. Chan and I are like, where's the fucking body? Yeah, you, like 100% <laughs> Corey and I would, would have been here. Like four-year-old Channa was there. You like pop out of the chimney and they're like, what? Somebody got murdered? Yeah, I'm like, Did somebody say charred remains? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... So yeah, less than 24 hours later, open up the crime scene. Any person could walk into the crime scene. They, that means any person can get their DNA everywhere. I yeah. mean, it's immediately like a compromised yeah, crime that, scene. That means like you can't get hard evidence anymore because yeah, it, anybody can be there. And Yeah, Maybe. exactly. Maybe. I don't know legally. Who knows? So Loria Bible's parents, Lorene and Jay, they went to the crime scene and they started digging around for any sign of their daughter. Almost immediately... They noticed that Danny Freeman's Rottweiler was loyally sitting next to a charred piece of debris. So Whoa. much to their shock and horror, they found the burned remains of Danny Freeman, who was also shot in the head, just like Kathy. That's so cute. The dog. The like, dog was waiting next to his remains. It was his remains, even though they were charred. Yeah, I know, right? That's but so cute. The thing is, though, that means the police completely overlooked a body in the crime scene. There is a charred body that they happened to miss and they missed a fucking body i don't know like how much how, what that would the be fuck? so me though because i'd be like look at this body yeah like could so the police they were so laser focused that danny killed his wife and kidnapped the girls they didn't even realize realize that danny was shot and murdered and engulfed in clinton when is this 1999 jesus christ Ro -ro oh yeah Oklahoma. we already sung about it jesus christ yeah, so they fucking missed a goddamn body in the crime scene. They obviously fucked up pretty big time. Yeah, yeah. Like they, People should be fired, but they probably weren't. Yeah, they obviously did not even look deeply into the crime scene whatsoever. Um, so that's when investigators were like, well, maybe we should look into the crime scene because we missed a fucking human male body. Yeah, maybe we should detain some of these police officers for killing the son and then overlooking Danny's dead body. Yeah, right. Um, so some clues the investigators found was an insurance card, which was quickly tucked away and forgotten about. Um, Loria's purse, which was left behind with her driver's license and $200 cash. Who inside. is that? Loria was one of the girls that went missing. Okay, cool. Loria and Ashley. Um, so and this. Loria is not in this. She does not live in this house. She is the friend. She's the best friend okay, of cool. Ashley. And Ashley is the daughter of these two parents. Yes. Yes. Um, so this suggested that the girls might've been abducted. Um, robbery was ruled out since all the cash was still there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, now the story is like, okay, someone probably broke into this house. They shot both Kathy and Danny, and then they kidnapped Ashley and Loria. Um, so rumors started spreading around that the police were responsible because of the ongoing feud between Danny and the police. Um, the, the rumors were so intense that the Craig County Sheriff's Department voluntarily turned the case over to the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, and um, they all took polygraph tests. Special Agent Steve Nutter, lol, his last name is Nutter, Nutter. <laughs> uh, he was of the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, so the OBI. Um, he said that they passed the polygraph, so the rumors needed to stop, pretty much. Okay. Because he believed that the police were not responsible for Kathy or Danny's death. Also, it would be pretty lazy if the police, like, they were responsible for the death and they, like, left the body there. It, like, they, poor police work, definitely, but they're not responsible for it. Yeah, true. Um, so, Danny didn't do it. The police didn't do it. So, who the fuck did it? Who killed Danny? Who killed Kathy? Where Ashley? Where is Loria? 
So there are some theories. So everybody who everybody you spoke to pretty much had a different theory. The most popular theory that Danny was involved with some sort of drug deal that went horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe he owed money. Maybe someone needed to pay him. Someone maybe somebody didn't want to pay him back. Something like that because there was like a whole underground meth world um, in this area. Is and Danny pe- connected and pe- to it? And bit? that's what people were speculating oh do they have any minor evidence of that um not yet (laughs) okay (laughs) we're not there yet we're not there yet (laughs) um some people believe that ashley um, murdered her parents and ran away with loria apparently ashley and her father danny had a troubling relationship and ashley fucking hated him so uh, naturally she then murdered her dad and ran away with loria again this theory didn't pan out because (gasps) lesbians uh, the car was there the cash was there there's like no way Ashley and Loria, like sixteen year old girls, could survive. It's like, like thoroughbreds on there. Oh my god! Minus killing I mom. I literally forgot that we watched that movie. It was a fun, interesting movie to watch, though. So but, mm. years and years passed before anything new happened. So, um, in the decade following the disappearance of the girls, two convicted killers, Tommy Lynn Sells and Jeremy Jones. I hopefully am not related to Jeremy Jones. Yeah. Um, they confessed to murdering them. They claimed that they murdered the Freeman's parents as a favor for a friend over a drug debt. They then took the girls to Kansas where they shot them and threw their bodies into an abandoned mine. Jesus Christ. Police went and looked through the mine, but they weren't able to find any signs of Ashley or Loria. Um, the convicted killers um, admitted that they lied about the story so they can get better food and phone privileges in prison because... They were now cooperating with the police, so therefore they're getting more benefits in prison. So they were just lying and pretending to be, mer- Holy depending. Shit. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, I guess. Prison must be pretty fucked up. Yeah, you have to like lie, pretend you murdered someone just to get better food. Yeah. So the search for the girls continued. Investigators searched in lakes, mine shafts, the woods, dumpsters, wherever the fuck you could put a body. They were looking for the bodies nice. or some type of clue, but they couldn't find shit. The story was broadcasted on national TV and was the front page of like every major newspaper. Thousands of tips came flooding in from all around the country, but each tip they were able to investigate didn't pan out. So again, just nothing, nothing was happening for the case. As the years passed and the story of the missing girls faded from the spotlight, confused and desperate friends and family of the missing girls continued to mourn. Um, the Bibles refused, that's uh, Loria's family, mm-hmm. not the Bible, the Bible, but the Bibles refused to take apart um, their Christmas tree after Loria went missing, hoping one day she would return home so the family could put away the holiday decorations together. In 2006, the tree fell apart completely. Sad, 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 sad. Existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Initiated. I, like, I had to go like, that's when I came in here with to Jordan. And I was like, I got to take a break. Oh, God. Um, friends and family, they followed through every single lead that they got their hands on. They hired private investigators and they were constantly pushing police to look further into things. Then in 2017, okay. nearly two decades after the horrific December night, um, there was a break in the case. So the Craig County Sheriff's Department discovered a box of notes, documents, and clues from the investigation. That was what just the fuck? That was casually. just sitting? Like they're probably trying to transfer everything to digital? Yeah. Damn. And they just found a forgotten box of clues under, you know. <laughs> it literally just says clues. Yeah. <laughs> it says, <laughs> it says like, like, we'll God. find, we'll solve murder if read three pages. If, like, if, if box open and contents looked, looked through it for at least two minutes. We'll solve we'll be, murder. Yeah. We'll solve murder. We'll solve like 20 year mystery <laughs> that could have been solved 20 years ago. Also su- more... substantial links to uh, what's the London, uh, the famous 
John the Ripper. Oh, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and Zodiac Killer identity <laughs> is in here as well. Like literally pretty much. So again, this is just showing you how shitty the police work was in 1999. Like they had a box yeah. of clues that could have solved could have solved this entire murder 20 years prior, but instead like some dumb fucker put it like in a corner, forgot about it completely, yeah. and these poor families live for 20 years without having any answers. Goddamn. Because the police, also, like, the police hated Danny, so they probably weren't trying that hard for the case because they didn't give a fuck that Danny was now no longer a problem. Mm-mm. The girls are missing, but sorry. Sorry, bitch. Yeah, so f- all I always mention true crime cases where the police do such a terrible job. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and again, like, they are true crime, crime cases that last forever because they already did a ter- terrible job. Yeah. Which is, like... You know, it's like self-revealing, uh, self, yeah. what is that called? It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. All I know is if I ever get murdered, stuff, yeah. if I ever get murdered, I hope to God that some competent police officer or d- detective gets a hold of my yeah. case. And I'm sure that happens daily and often. It does. What the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, That was in this room and we are the only two people in this room. Yeah, that was in this room. Okay, so <laughs> so inside this box of clues that tell that tells us who the Zodiac Jack the Ripper is, any true crime mystery that's ever existed is in this box of clues. Yes, and um, they found the insurance card that I re- referenced earlier. Yeah. remember I was like the insurance card that was just tucked away and forgotten about. So this insurance card belonged to a woman who lived with a man named Phil Welch. So Phil Welch was a known meth dealer with a criminal oh, with a very hefty criminal record. Phil had two friends in the 90s, David Pennington and Ronnie Buzik, um, who helped him with his drug-related crimes. Both Dave Pennington and Ronnie Buzik died between 1999 and 2017. So the only one left alive was Phil Welch. Um, Detectives started to interview people who knew Phil Welch, and they were shocked to discover that a dozen people confessed to knowing that Phil Welch, David Pennington, and Ronnie Buzik were responsible for the deaths of Kathy, Danny, Ashley, and Loria. Just so, like casual. So all from this insurance card that was found the day after they found Danny's body, one officer looked at the insurance card, called the girl. She said Phil Welch, called Phil Welch's friends, and like within a few days, knew exactly who the killer was. Twenty years later, do this you could think she would have said that though back in 1999? I mean, I a dozen people knew about it. I'm sure someone would have. But would they? But like I'm saying, back in 1999 when that was their heyday. They yeah. might have been too scared to say that. They might have been. But now that two of the three were dead. But chances are, like, but over still, a dozen yeah, people yeah. knew. I'm just being devil's advocate. Like, yeah. over a dozen people knew someone's someone's bound to crack. Like, if it was just three or four people that know, maybe not. They would, but like. But 12. But 12. Yeah. Someone will crack because someone's, they're going to be like, I'll give you immunity if you tell me what you know. Yeah. Boom. I'd be like, okay, yeah. here's all the information yeah. I could yeah. possibly. And if you, like, move me to, like, fucking L.A. Um, <laughs> so this is what happened on December 29th, 1999. Okay. Welch, Pennington, and Buzik um, went to Danny Freeman's trailer on December 29th to settle a bad drug deal. So after killing... So yes, Danny was in the drug world. To answer your question from earlier. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So after killing Danny and Kathy, Welch decided to take the girls um, to, in quotes, take the girls and have fun with them. The girls were taken to Phil Welch's trailer and were tied up, gagged, blindfolded, and violently raped and beaten. Phil and his fuckface friends would tie the girls onto the bed so the girls would look at each other while they were getting raped and beaten. Um, after a few days, both girls were strangled and thrown into a pit. Um, a former girlfriend of Welch's told investigators that when she lived with him in the months following the murders and disappearances, Welch 
decorated the walls of his trailer floor to ceiling and the missing posters of Ashley and Loria. Um, when she fuck? would ask why, he would threaten her life. Um, one day, while Welch was in jail for beating the girlfriend, um, who I've just talked about, um, she decided to look through all of his things. She opened up a soft leather briefcase and was, when, and was shocked to find a couple dozen Polaroids of two young girls tied up and gagged being raped on the bed that she shared with Phil. She realized oh that those two young girls in the Polaroids were the same girls that were on the missing posters that he used to decorate his trailer. She took the Polaroids. She threw them into a truck. or she, tr- she Sorry, she threw them into an abandoned car at the trailer park, then fled to her friend's house. Welch was released from jail, went after the girlfriend, demanding to know where the Polaroids were. He told her she knew he had seen them. He said, in quotes, don't you ever tell anybody or you'll end up in a pit like those two girls. She was afraid for her life, so she didn't come forward. Her testimony is very similar to other witnesses. Damn. So a lot of people saw these Polaroids. A lot of people knew that they killed it. But uh, they were just scared girls, and no one was asking them, so they weren't going to go to the police. Oh, my God. Um, Other girlfriends found the Polaroids. Other friends found the Polaroids. Phil constantly bragged to his friends about the girls. He'd pull out the Polaroids during parties, show them off, you know, put them on his wall, shit like that. How do you, like, become so evil? I don't know. What the fuck? Um, one friend walked in on Phil, David, and Ronnie all staring at the pictures and reminiscing about that glorious day. Oh, my God. Um, one by one, dozens of witnesses came forward. They they all held back the truth for almost 20 years. Um, Phil Welch was really high up in the meth world. Um, I mean, if you're really high up in the meth world, I guess evil sort of comes. Yeah, that's true. Like, he's also <laughs> cracked the fuck out on meth. So yeah, it's like, okay, true. you know, he, cl- he d- clearly does not have, like, a grasp on reality at this point. Um, now, obviously, the police had enough to arrest Phil Welch for the murders of Danny and Kathy Freeman and the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Ashley Freeman and Loria Bible. So Phil Welch is currently in jail while he's awaiting his trial to take place. There have been multiple delays and arguments about whether or not he's competent to stand trial because all the meth shit, whether or not um, it was actually him that did it or maybe it was his friends that did it because he was trying to say that, like, oh, because his two friends are dead. So he's like, yeah, they did it, not me. Yeah, yeah. And also whether or not they're going to seek the death penalty for him. Um, Regardless, though, Phil will be in jail for the rest of his shitty fucking life. Also, he's old as hell now, so he'll probably die soon. Yeah. Um, At least, even if it is 20 years later, the family and friends of Ashley Freeman and Laura Bible can finally rest. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I well, always bring it down. That. So, so anyways, anyways. <laughs> how's your sex life? <laughs> Good. So yeah, we went to the Luxor on the So yeah, the last time we talked everyone, we were on our almost, way to a dispensary. Yeah, we were almost done with uh California trip. So yes. on the way back, uh Seven Havage Crop Top and I stopped at Luxor. Yeah. The next morning we went we went to the pool. And then just talked to some like nice dude from Seattle. Uh, so he was gay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> important. A straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it was funny because we like went and we like found our little stuff and dropped it off at, at our little benches. Mm-hmm. And then we like sat at the edge of the pool to then get into the water. Because yeah. actually they make it really cold because Vegas is so it's hot. It's so hot, yeah. And so we got in the, like before we kissed and then we got in the water. And then after like three minutes, some like guy like swims up to us and he's like hey i saw y'all kiss and y'all are gay i'm gay too let's talk oh my god that's <laughs> it fun. was fun um and then so we all we like left got into our car uh. and drove back home um and on the way like i don't know 10 minutes out of not even like five minutes out of vegas 
a moving van was on fire. Like then, like a U-Haul. A U-Haul, yeah, yeah, or like a budget U-Haul. This poor motherfucker. Yeah. All of his stuff literally, I hope to God he had insurance on that goddamn moving truck. Because yeah. it's like like $50,000 or something. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. my worst nightmare. Get insurance, everybody. Yeah. It's only 20 bucks. Get Especially it. Especially if you're moving in the Vegas heat. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so bad. So so sad for him. Um, and then later, uh, seven and a half inch crop top put this on his uh, Instagram uh, video or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he, we were driving through Baker, Bakersfield, and we were driving up to it and we didn't see anything out of the ordinary. And then when we got to it, all of a sudden I look out of the, like the corner of my eye when I'm driving and off to our left or right or left, <laughs> um, there was like a cloud of smoke like in the air and we were like that wasn't there three minutes ago when we saw the town and so like we just saw another little explosion of some Crazy. sort i don't know yeah and very... it wasn't like smoking it was like from the city center like it wasn't like out in the comp you know Crazy. in the boonies where they were like probably doing a brush fire or whatever Crazy. all yeah. that happened to me is i got a flat tire you guys saw explosions uh, bullshit also on the way back we stopped at the costco Oh, in St. George. George. And so Seven Hatch and Crop Top and I, um, I'm just going to say Crop Top because I can't say it all. Yeah. <laughs> so Crop Top and I <laughs> walked in and I think we, we looked a little gay. And, uh, I mean, we were obviously holding hands. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we looked a little gay, this but they India. were fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like our clothes also looked a little gay, but we were holding hands walking in and then quickly he went to the restroom. And so I just like sat down and ordered. Yeah. Um, and we were holding hands for like one or two minutes. And then after that, like we didn't even stop. He just went to the restroom and then I ordered for us and sat down and we were like eating because we, we went to go get gas at Costco because uh-huh. it's like super cheap there. And so everyone was just staring at us. Yeah. Like, uh! <laughs> Like, it was literally like we were naked. Like, nobody could handle the fact that we were gay. That gays are in St. George? <laughs> Again, St. George, super huge Mormon town. Yeah, just retired Mormons go there. Yeah. Um, but it was like literally everyone was like, what the fuck are y'all doing That's here? funny. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, homophobia. <laughs> homophobia at its finest. Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I've just been working. Oh, Jordan and I had really fucking good yes. sex this week yeah like really good like it was i think the day after i got back from utah so yeah i drove back from california and you're like after you're done with the road trip you just like don't touch me <laughs> type of thing yeah because i just get i even sitting in a car all day you feel yeah. gross so the day after we were eating we just finished like dinner and he looked at me and he's like i just want to kiss you like you're Aww. so beautiful and so we started making out and, and then he carried me to the bed and then he like fucked me like he's never fucked me before like it was like the first time Aww. it was like yeah he just devoured my body in every yes. single sense of the word and it was so just fun and just so like love because and like you know and you know how like when you laugh during sex is like the greatest thing in the world yes like you can't take sex too seriously because like your bodies are weird your bodies weird. are weird <laughs> yes it was just like just so just love and just so fun and it was like a whole like moment for me where i was like oh my god like i love him it was Aww, really cute. cute and then other than that i worked for like 12 hours every day this week yay and i'm gonna be working tomorrow in 12 hours every day next week did we do so. did i did i see anything interesting i don't think i saw anything interesting because we were oh. on the beach yeah and then got back thursday so it's been a week we've been back for a week no we got back on tuesday like four oh my god ago. yeah I don't know what the fuck you think <laughs> happened, <laughs> but we got back like four days ago. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. We got back like four days ago. Yeah, I haven't seen anything yet. We're going to go see the... 
that's the, the movie that you guys just heard us talk about. Yeah, yeah, y'all heard it. Okay, we talked about it. On yeah. <laughs> the scary stories telling yeah. the dark. Yeah, we'll go see that before next podcast. So we'll give you an update. Then. We'll give you an update. And then tonight we have Tyler's parties. Yeah, p- Tyler's party tonight. Yes. And then tomorrow, uh, crop tops party. Yeah. Uh, they're both housewarming parties, and then we have kickball where um, Chana is thankfully doing my makeup. Yes. And I'm gonna dress up as Frankenfurter. Yeah. Doctor Frankenfurter. So that's what we're up to. So, yeah. So go have fun. And uh, anyways. And house. Your <laughs> life. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. See you next week. Or join our Patreon and you can hear from us right now. Yeah, bitch.